Hello, everybody. This is Andre, and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest for today is Sam Ovet, who is a co-founder of Mobile Pocket Office and is leading the way in helping new and established businesses augment their human and technological resources to leverage growth and streamline productivity. And today, as we are just kicking off 2021, New Year, uh, we'll look at how to best automate business and marketing processes this year in order to have your business or your department uh, bring better results and rock it basically through the year. So, Sam, how are you? How's everything? going very happy to have you on the show uh doing good doing good can't complain thankfully and you know even though the pandemic is raging right now i am uh, i am doing good and everybody wants to get online still so that is keeping us very busy <laughs> nice you also have the weather to go with it i see the skis in the background and... yeah the skis are right here <laughs> eight miles from the nearest ski area so we keep uh, very busy outside uh, along the way. And so it's a nice way to break up being on the computer with going outside and playing, you know? So we're very, we're like 8,500 feet for, uh, what would that be in meters for the non, for the metric listeners? Oh, <laughs> I'm not very good with these uh, translations either, but it's pretty high, isn't it? <laughs> it is pretty high two meters i'm gonna google it real quick it's 2590 meters oh that's cold <laughs> yeah <Isn't> it? <laughs> so it's cold and high but it's beautiful we're up here in the mountains in uh, just above boulder colorado in the united states nice 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 Super. So um, I think to, you know, uh, build a report and get you, uh, get people to know you really, let's um, yeah. tell us, tell us a bit about you. Tell us a bit what you do with, uh, you know, with the company, with your father, with, uh, you know, the projects that you run at this point in time. Uh, let's, let's hear. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll share my background for a bit because I think it's interesting and it's a little different mm -hmm. is uh, I went to school for environmental sciences and then after that started uh, into the world of the outdoors and ended up guiding and, uh, being a professional athlete in the outdoor world as a whitewater kayaker. And funnily enough, what I realized in that, as you're a professional athlete, that primary aspect of it, what you realize is as a professional athlete, one of the primary things you are when you work for, when you're sponsored by different companies is you're part of the marketing team. Mm-hmm. You may have physical talents, but really they're physical talents that you're videoing or posting about or sharing what you're doing. And you really are a part of the marketing team. And so there's a couple of things that came out of that, that I pulled over into the business world when I made my transition a little while ago now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's a little bit unusual, but I think people can relate to that from the physical things they do. And if they also look at that. And then that brought me into the world of realizing, wow, there's so much that could be automated from the marketing side because the hard work in marketing is done in getting people interested. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yep. Like that's the creative work. That's what the athletes are doing. That's the stuff that's, you know, you're thinking, what can I do to get people interested in my company? Right. Mm -hmm. No matter what your company is, you got to get people interested in that largely can't be automated super well. And we talk a lot about automation at our company, mobile pocket office, because we, our whole focus is to help people be human where it counts and otherwise automate, mm -hmm. right? You free up time, free up resources, allow you to scale, all those wonderful things that we talk about when we talk about automation. But somebody's got to do that marketing work to get the interest going. And then once you have that lead, it's a matter of what do you do with it? So that's the background. That's where I came from at it. And also the other thing we found out 
that I think is interesting because I was participating in these very high risk activities, right? Where I could die or get very seriously injured or drown. I was paddling off of large waterfalls and down steep riverbeds. Um, and what's interesting about that is if you take that and if people think about what are the things that I do, right? Do I do anything outdoors? It's kind of a higher risk activity, right? Take those lessons and apply them to business because you wouldn't go jump into something that was super scary or super big for you without stepping up incrementally. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing we do when we think about business with people, when people want to make changes in automation, don't make massive change all at once. Take it step by step, do little pieces and then track the effectiveness so that you don't tank your business along the way. Cause a lot of people are going from a fully manual business almost entirely to automating pieces of it, but you gotta be careful, right? You gotta do it step by step because if you don't and you automate everything, you may realize, wow, those human touches that we just automated had a significant impact on bringing new business or referral business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and also if you were to expand this, uh, there was a saying, which I don't remember exactly, but I'm just gonna say yeah. <laughs> the idea of it, which was um, to do with automating the right or the wrong things. So you have to really right. be able to choose what you automate because you can automate and amplify the right thing or the wrong thing and you don't want that. So definitely okay, getting it into small steps and choosing wisely, I think is very, very important when you look at revamping. And look at the risk too, right? What's the risk to your business if it goes wrong? Mm -hmm. And so if you assess it and you go, what's the risk if it goes wrong? If the risk is low and you want to try it, go ahead. If the risk is high, try it in a smaller segment of your business with a certain segment of prospects and customers. And then if it goes well, apply it to the rest of the business. Mm -hmm. And so take that experience of judging risk that people do in the rest of their lives and apply it to business. I think it's a really good way to roll new, exciting process and automation out, especially when it comes to following up with all that hard work you've done on the marketing and getting those leads and that interest in your business to happen. Now you got to get them into customers, right? And you got to fulfill the promise. And then hopefully if you do it right, you'll get referrals. And I can go to, we have a framework that people can use that we work with, with folks that I can share, but, uh, it, that's a bit of the background. It's, it's different. So I like to share it because it also means that, you know, we work with businesses across all different industries and we help them become very successful in what they do and give them the ability to scale and, uh, track their effectiveness of their marketing. And what I think is really interesting there is that, you know, you don't have to come from a traditional business background you'll learn it along the way. If you're interested, you know, you'll pick it up. You got to do the work. You got to figure it out. But I just like to share that anybody can come from any background in this stuff and, and really pick it up. If you're, if you're motivated to figure it out. Sounds good. So does that, um, actually before diving straight into it, how, what's your yeah. view on 2020? Like, uh, what did you just, think has really happened in terms of businesses, uh, you know, using technology, uh, automating stuff, uh, you know, online things. So I think a couple of things have popped out for me in 2020. Obviously it's been really challenging for businesses who've been regulated out of business, right? Hey, you got to shut it down. That's tough, right? That's a challenge where you can't open your storefront. There are alternatives though. 
And for the businesses that are adapting quickly, the technology is more readily available than ever Mm -hmm. to adapt. Because I think the one thing we all realize is, wow, if we can't be in person, right? Because like, let's just be like, you know, there's a pandemic, it's real, it's affected the world and shut down a lot of businesses in the traditional way they operated. However, there are a lot of opportunities to adapt, but you have to be quick about it and you have to um, make that transition to stay with it. What we realized in 2020 is that many businesses that didn't think they could be online are now online. They do, they generate revenue digitally. Mm -hmm. They do something or they've adapted their process to become digital. And so what I think is really exciting from this, obviously there's a lot of pain, but what's really exciting is it's, it's brought so much of the world online because they had to, and it's forced people to get online that otherwise weren't. So now the number of people who are familiar with using the internet and doing business digitally and are comfortable with that has gone up enormously, which also means your, your customer base has gone up enormously of the prospects and people who are comfortable working with you. People aren't afraid of it anymore. They don't have a choice. It's the new way of operating. So there's another piece there. And the other piece is that you can automate stuff. You can create uh, revenue streams digitally. Uh, and even, even like a brick and mortar company that like, for example, a restaurant, you know, think about the to-go order experiences and how much those have improved. If you just think about that single focused aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? It's way better now than it ever was. It's way easier because it's innovation was forced, you know, and everybody had to adopt it. The other aspect of it that I think is really important to recognize is people still crave human interaction. And I think that's the biggest lesson of 2020 is that automation, digital stuff can totally change the way that you get revenue, right? It can secure your place in business to make it so you're stable, no matter if you can open your doors or not physically. But people are still hungry for the human touch. Right. And we don't necessarily, that touch doesn't have to be physical in person. But the more we can do to create a personalized, lovely, great human experience where we are showing that we care about that customer that came to us, that human that came to us and chose to spend their money with us and use our services or buy our products. And I'm talking in general now. Mm-hmm. That is where you can win over the competition because now everybody's online. I mean, not everybody, but like majority of businesses are online, even businesses we didn't think would be online. It's the experience that makes the difference. So if you can use technology and automation to create a better experience, not only for you internally to make business easier, but for the person doing business with you, and make it more human and like show sincerely that you care more about that customer, you're going to keep winning that business and people are going to keep referring business to you. And that I think is what we learned in 2020 is that 
there was this massive push for automation, right? And it was like, we were getting humans out of the equation. But what we realized is like, we, we need to be around other people. We need to feel the energy that comes from people caring about other humans. Mm -hmm. So then if you can automate that into your process, then you win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really about finding that sweet spot, isn't it? Of, okay, this is everything that we can automate and this is why it's going to be good for us. And then it's, uh, hold on a second, uh, maybe 70% down the line, actually we need to deliver that personalized ad or that personal email or that nice follow-up in order for to facilitate the next steps in the direction that we want to, really. Yeah, or I'll, I'll give you a really cool example, right? Uh, there's a company that we did a, a recently a webinar with about this called Ignite Post. And the founder's name is Aryan. You should interview him. He's a cool guy. And uh, he started a service that allows you to send handwritten thank you notes. I have one here at my desk because I was... Oh, yes. I, I heard about one of these ones in the UK it as well. It looks like this. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. couple out there for sure. It comes like this. It looks so totally handwritten. My name on it. And then you can put your logo here. It's not a pitch for it. I just happen to have it in my deck because we, my desk, because we did that webinar. Mm-hmm. And this is what the letter looks like. But here's the thing, right? Can does that look handwritten to you? Yep, it does. It's completely automated. So you're taking the value of the, and people will have differing opinions on this, and it's controversial, which is fine. But you're taking the value of creating a handwritten letter which shows that you care and this doesn't mean you care any less but it just allows you to do it at scale and touch all of your customers consistently so if you work that in to the automation to where it goes out at the right point in the customer journey imagine if every time someone bought you sent them a thank you note and it was handwritten and you had the option of typing in what you wanted it to send and then it automatically sent like you didn't have to write it stamp it go to the mailbox do all that work it just went. And then you followed up and said, how are you liking the, the thing that you just bought, right? Follow up two weeks, three weeks, four weeks later. Automated. So that's what we talk about. We say like, keep the human touch, but automate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a cool example. Mm-hmm, it is. Uh, actually, uh, I was trying to remember where I uh, heard about this first and it was a B2B tech company and they used to do this. They weren't doing this post-purchase. I think they were doing this just before closing the deal. And they. Uh, I think they were sure. using... Yeah, it can go a bunch of ways, right? Like mm-hmm. you can insert it into the process. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something like uh, sending these uh, letters and then the letters were containing also a code for free coffee from another partner, <laughs> uh, you know? But, absolutely yeah it just uh, and i mean it was um phrased in a way that it was like oh yeah i know we're gonna be working together so this is just a coffee that we'd have together right now signing the deal kind of thing uh <laughs> but yeah it was cool and i'm happy that you brought this up because i think uh you know it, mainly now since we don't meet that much anymore uh things like these are probably not very not happening very often. So you'd get a lot of... No, emails. I think, I mean, think about, like when was the last time you got a handwritten thank you note? Like just like stop for a second. Whether it was a birthday card or something, not just from a company, but when was the last time you got a handwritten note from someone? Yeah. What I, was it? You could, do you remember it? 
uh, unless it was like a close person to me, uh, I got one from a company uh, that was a business partner at that time. And we are still in very good relations. Uh, and how did it make you feel when you got that? Well, it was cool. It was unexpected. Uh, it was a Christmas, actually, uh, a note. And it was last year. Uh, and it was from Bart, who was on the podcast <laughs> uh, in our first episodes together. So, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but that, that was... Uh, and, you, and you remember it, right? Mm-hmm. Now think to, like, for example, not that you shouldn't send email, right? Email is a very powerful marketing tool like and conversion tool. It's awesome. But... Can you remember the last email you got from the same person? Um, well, it was to do with work. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was certainly something around that. But yeah, uh, there's a fair point here. So definitely. Yeah. So it's like the power of the experience is is more impactful mm-hmm. when we can do those things that are physical and human. But if you can automate them, then they happen like they happen perfectly in the process every time. And that's the cool part. So let's uh, try to look then, because I'm I'm excited to have a you know like a dialogue here, um, because you have the sort of processes background, and I know that you guys have a lot of uh, projects of on helping businesses better their processes around automating sales and marketing yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like this. Um, we also have a lot of projects that focus mostly on marketing but then when when it's about like we don't work with sales teams directly but i know that you guys do so um it'd be really interesting for the people tuning in today uh as they are just going back into work and maybe they are having their all hands meetings trying to trying to improve the way that they work together as teams as well as you know as uh colleagues through the year um what would be some common cases that you think are easy to optimize and then maybe automate in a certain you know percentage like uh take a medium-sized business um let's say in it can be tech it can be SaaS, it can be services uh and just uh, let's go for some of the maybe case studies or scenarios that you encounter on a more frequent basis and let's see how we can uh, inspire people that are listening to us right now uh to instigate some changes in their organizations as well so i think that i love that that way of looking at it and i'll give you actually we'll do some case studies and i'll give you a framework that people can go and do right now with their companies to actually do this because the main thing we look for is where are the disconnects right so if marketing is doing all this work i'm gonna put it in context and i'm gonna apply the framework if marketing is doing all this work to go out and attract interest and hopefully they're good and they're also like capturing those leads and send then at that point, that's usually where it starts to break down, right? There's a focus on going out. If you have a marketing department, getting that interest. But then when the lead comes in your database, whatever you're using, right? You could be using Entreport, HubSpot, Infusionsoft, like whatever it, MailChimp, like whatever you're using to get that person's information on your website, right? Digitally somehow. It's what do you do at that point? Does it just sit in your database? Does it go through a process and then get scored and handed off to the sales team at the right time with information that's valuable to them that they can act on? And so it's looking for where those disconnects happen. And then it's kind of doing that all the way through. So 
if we take a step back, I'm going to give people a framework to do this. And I'll give some examples of where, how, how we've done it before people. So people can start to think, okay, this is how I would do it for myself. Mm-hmm. The first thing you have to do in every business, there's five pieces, no matter what industry you're in, it's applicable everywhere. You have to attract business. You have to convert that business to leads and sales. Then you got to fulfill whatever you promised with the sale. Otherwise, it's a quick way to go out of business. <laughs> and then you've got to, uh, after you've fulfilled it, that's where most people stop. The next is you delight a customer. This is what mm-hmm. good companies do, mm-hmm. right? And they they give you upsells that can get more out of a product or service, or they give you some training, or they share complimentary things, or they ask you, you know, creative ways that you're using their product or service. They can then share with other people that are using it. So like you got to delight the customer. And then most people, this happens if their cust if their product or service is good, it just happens, mm-hmm. but it could be better. And it, mm-hmm. that rate that it happens at could be higher referrals. So attract, convert, fulfill, delight, refer. Those are the five pillars, if you will, mm-hmm. that you got to optimize. So that's your, that's your big picture systems that run a business. Then you've got to go in and look at those and go, what are the processes within those? What do we do to make those happen? And this is where you can start to identify the disconnects or the opportunities. So the first thing that you do is, and this is really easy thing to do, but it's also kind of hard because you have to have everybody do it. You give everybody just a spreadsheet and you say, okay, for the next two or three days, Write down everything you do every about every 15 minutes, check in. Have you done something different? Have you done an action? So if you're marketing, what are you doing, right? Are you publishing ads? Are you running ads? Are you setting something up? Are you, are you making a UTM? If you're converting, what are the different pieces that you're doing to convert? Even if it's some of it's automated, it's usually we have some kind of thank you email on there. Welcome when somebody opts in automatically if you don't have that then you're you know starting base level but a lot of people have that at a minimum and then to fulfill what are all the processes that go into fulfilling do you delight your customers if you do what do you do Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. even if it's not even if you just have to write down the things you do and you'll start to see you have patterns of process and then refer when you do ask for referrals or get referrals what do you do What's the process? So once you have those over two or three days is a good starting point. Now you have an idea of the different busy work, the tasks that make up your business. Okay, guys. So we just had a little tech glitch, but uh, <laughs> actually now we have two. So uh, you remember Sam here, who was with me just a minute ago, uh, and now he made us all a surprise and he brought on his business partner, but also uh, not only business partner, but father as well, because Sam and Josh uh, work together. They run the company together and they are father and son. Uh, so Josh, hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it's like, It's like that whole idea of like bring your child to work day, but it's the reverse. <laughs> it's like bring your parents to work day. And so, you know, Josh is a ball of energy and he's super fun and, and he's and he's, he's he tells stories like nobody other. That's kind of, you know, why we brought him on because he can relate these case studies of what we've done for people better than anybody I know. So I think 
that'll provide a lot of context for how people can dive in and like grab onto this and do it themselves and start down the process themselves. Sweet. Let's kick it then. So basically, uh, Sam, where we left it a minute ago, Josh, where we left it a minute minute ago, sorry, uh, was uh, looking at the um, daily activity of you, your team, etc., like of a person, and then um, trying to work out the processes. So Sam, I'll pass it back over to you, and then we can expand from this. And Josh, feel free to to interrupt us. Don't worry, we're not afraid afraid to talk. You know, to pick up where we left off is, is the idea that basically that, you know, you have these five areas of your business that you're focusing on, you attract, convert, fulfill, delight, and refer. And you have to look at those, how they work together. And then independently, the systems that are involved inside of each of one of those, and then the processes that make up the systems. And then from there, you figure out based on what I've learned. And remember we talked about that personal activity log going in and and making note of what you actually do to run the business, the busy work of business that brings you to the step of what could I actually automate, which is where I'd I'd like to actually Josh to pick up and talk about some of the examples of where we've done this with people, because here's the deal. That is all well and good to discuss it in that way, but it's pretty high level and it doesn't feel like Josh's dogs are here too. It's like extra special. And, uh, and so I'm sure my dog will come in at some point. And so, you know, we live in a world where everybody's working from home and you got all the beautiful animals and it's wonderful. And so that said, one, um, one of the things that I think is important is to understand in context how this can work for you and what you actually do with it. So Josh, why don't you pick up, I think one of the most recent examples that's, that's I feel like is really applicable to a lot of businesses is the case with Como Consulting, an educational firm that does consult, like they help children with their education. So it's kind of like tutoring, but they have a process and they have a lot of volume and they were limited in their ability to scale. So Josh, I'm let you take it from there. And that's the key. So just to kind of give you a little background with it, I got a call and said, hey, you're an expert at this. And I said, thank you. And you know, how can I help? So I need a little thing. I said, okay, what's the thing? Uh, I get all these inquiries that come in, right? Marketing. In other words, her advertising and promotion is working. And now it's working too well. So she was getting 20 to 30 um, emails a day from her you know, lead magnet through an email. It would come in with all the details. And it was like about 20 different questions that people filled out because they were in that part of the funnel. Uh, you know, they, she did a, she's doing a, you know, advertising to a, a webinar to an appointment, mm-hmm. you know, pretty standard consulting world and somebody who's doing services or as opposed to products and uh, it's going gangbusters. <laughs> she teaches children. Guess what? In this time of that we're in, children need lots of help. So they're, yeah, they do something. There's just some really cool culture, coaching. So she says, well, you know, I have this problem. I want the data to go into my database, my CRM system, so I don't have to copy and paste all these. Imagine copying and pasting 20 to 30 bits of data into one by one, every time a lead came is in, into your database so that when you actually then had the call with the person, you know, all that's right in front of you. That's pretty straightforward and simple, but, you know, there was a copy and paste. 
Um, and then it was like, uh, then I need to send them a contract and then I need to enroll them in all these different pieces of my process, you know, different systems like, you know, Thinkific and uh, their project management system and a few others. So let's just sum that up in real one quick thing and it is she had to take the lead, put it in the system, then take that, you know, put, uh, uh, then have the appointment. And then once they bought, you know, take money, do contracts and get them all inserted on those stuff. Well, <laughs> she was shy about 90 hours a week of being able to get it all done. <laughs> you know, little problem, literally. So our first, our first step was, okay, let's make your lead go from your web. When they go to get an appointment that you ask them these questions, mm-hmm. let's put that straight in the database. You know, that sounds pretty straightforward, but that wasn't happening. So now I eliminated all that copy and paste. Boom, that was gone. And then we set up the processes to automatically enroll them and everything else after they paid money. And she was taking money in one system and then putting the, res- putting the information in another. So I said, why don't we take the- Why don't we do this? Get the information, have the appointment, take, you know, take money online while you're on the phone with them. And then um, check off the box that says enroll them. And that sends them a contract, which they sign and it comes back, emerges all the information out, signs them up into four different different systems, assigns all the work to the primary person who's responsible for that, who she's assigning that account, and sets up everything in less than 30 seconds. Poof. Mm-hmm. That little process I just described took 40 hours of work every week off her plate. Mm, that, that's a very good uh, time. Literally, I mean... And Josh, let's talk about the alternative, right? Let's say yeah. she didn't do this. If she didn't figure out automation, what was her alternative to scale? To grow, actually, to grow the business. Throw more people at it, which means throw more money at it, throw more training at it, you know, manage more people. It's not wrong with anything with the people part. But all of these tasks, and they were literally tasks, were something that was A or B, or done or not. It wasn't anything that you had to interact as a human with. Somebody just had to do it. It would just, you know, it, it, to onboard a new client, all these steps, was roughly 30 to 45 minutes after a sales call. Mm-hmm. If you're doing six of those a day, you know, your day is shot. <laughs> So uh, just to to get into the details of how or what you guys used to implement this process, because I think it's, uh, you know, it's an optimization that can be done for many companies in general, like the sales element of, you know, like getting the inbound lead and getting it into the CRM and then onboarding it and follow up, following up and et cetera. Uh, it's a process that usually for everybody takes some time and is automated, maybe more or less. So in this case, it wasn't automated at all. Uh, what uh, what were the exact steps, or maybe if you can share some tools that you used in order to implement this automation? Maybe some people on the show can actually look at them and see if they are fit for the businesses, or try to get inspired of how they could work around their internal processes. So the most important thing, okay, the tool. There are plenty of tools. We'll talk about the various tools. So we pull tools that we need out of anywhere to create whatever is needed to do. Um, but let's, let's talk about the, the bigger picture. Okay. 
we, I come from a manufacturing background. There's a thing called lean manufacturing. There's a process called Kaizen. It's a Japanese process. It's very well known in manufacturing. We apply that to software, okay? Kaizen means continuous improvement. You're always looking for a way to make things better. Because software always change, things get faster, easier, better, whatever. Your processes change, they get bigger, you know, more complex. But you always have to look at your continuous improvement. And then the second thing, the, the terminology in Japanese is called pokuyoke, okay? And that's important. This, this one's very important. Figure out where it breaks so it, it doesn't break anymore, <laughs> okay? So the idea here is, and I'll use this comment, is if I hand you a bag of chocolates, right? Let's say M&Ms. And you put it in your pocket. And, but we never sealed the chocolates. And, you know, you were sitting down, the chocolates rolled out, whatever, it's hot day. Now you got to get in your pocket, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the way that you prevent that, say, okay, how do I fix that? A Ziploc bag, you know, at least the chocolates will stay in the bag. Even if they melt, they don't get in your, you know, on your clothes and in your keys and all that stuff. So thinking about what happens in the process that can muck it up because then if your process gets mucked up, you have rework, you have, you know, people, people don't like uh, the, uh, the experience they had. It wasn't good. Um, you know, and then if you can't do it right the first time, when are you going to find time to do it again if you're so busy? So the idea here is, is, you know, always be looking at your processes, right? And I'll, there's a couple of tools. These are tools to think about. One is, if you hire somebody new, it is the greatest opportunity to figure out what's screwed up in your organization. Why? Because you gotta teach that person exactly what to do, step by step. And this, uh, most of them please go, if they, you tell them everything you do, they sometimes go, no, why do you do that when you can just, why do you walk around that table and go over there and do this when you can just walk straight that way? And the usual statement is, because that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> they don't take the time, you're so busy, you don't take the time to look at each little, se- you got to break it down to section. You can't do this as a big monster. You can't eat the horse, yeah. eat the elephant all at one time, one piece at a time. So you look at a piece of that process and you improve it. Okay, make sure that you and uh, sometimes you might not know what you could improve it with. That's why you hire people like us sometimes to say, okay, what could be done? Or what are you doing now? What's available? So you need you need some sometimes some outside input if otherwise you're kind of breathing your own exhaust. <laughs> you know, you don't know what you don't know, so you kind of do it the same way. <laughs> so some of the simple tools that we use, okay, one is called diagrams.net. Okay, it's a diagramming program. It's free, so you can go out and experiment with it, but you can actually make a diagram and um, you know. Is this going to be on video when we do this? This is going to be, um, I'm just saying is, is we can show you like when it's published. Yeah, when it's published. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a video when it's published? Uh, it's also going to be a video. So we have uh, okay. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple, everything. Right, great. So what, if you happen to be looking at this as a video, um, Sam will, I'll have Sam pull up diagrams.net. I'm pulling one up right now. Yeah, so you can see what it is and what one looks like. So in the grand scheme of things, right, um, some of our customers, when they describe, when I say, you know, describe your process to me and write it down and maybe, you know, on a piece of paper or whatever, 
And sometimes I get something that looks more like a flea flicker football, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, play, you know, lines and arrows and all that stuff. And I'm going, okay, walk me through it. And this is an example of, uh, this happens to be a online university, accredited university. And this is all the processes that they run people through to enroll and go through courses in the university. This all used to be manual, step by step. They had a team. Now it all happens automatically. And now their team, about five people were freed up to do a lot of other things. And this had. is just the enrollment aspect of the process. These are different pieces of it. And for those who aren't watching this, we're just looking at diagrams online of actual process that we built for people so that to represent very clearly what this, what, the, what does the outcome of this stuff actually look like? How do you do it? And it's mm -hmm. really, you think about it like a pinball machine, you go, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And you, and you document all of it so that you know really clearly what's going on. Go ahead, Josh. But there's one problem with a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. It never happens the same way twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in business, you want consistent, processes that happen the same way every time because you have a consistent outcome mm -hmm. like plumbing all right and i use this phrase some people cringe when you press the lever you expect it to flush <laughs> <laughs> if that <laughs> process doesn't happen you know nobody's happy right <laughs> when we talk about a process is making sure that when, when you fix one part of the process okay you also then think about okay this part's working really good now look downstream because now you've caused a problem for the person who's now has to catch what you've done. <laughs> so, you know, if I, in this case, like with, with uh, Como, we increased the process by almost tenfold. Now we didn't, I knew what the next part was because the comment people say is, boy, you're already two steps ahead of me. He says, yeah, I know when we fix this one, where that's going. <laughs> now who's responsible for it? Cause that's my next, you know, that's the next person to say, I got too much now. <laughs> what do I do? Okay. How do we automate that? So there's a cause and effect when you improve things. Okay. It's like putting, you have a big diameter pipe going into a small one. You're going to increase the pressure and it may not be good. Or if it's not good, it's going to leak and things mm -hmm. are going to, you know, all the good work you did here is going to fall on the floor over here. So, um, you know, the idea that those tools are, uh, and one simple tool that we use, it's, it's really crazy simple. Um, through the Kaizen process, and uh, we send people this on Amazon, is literally a roll of brown paper, okay, that you can tape on your wall so you don't mess up your wall, mm -hmm. and then a bunch of multicolored sticky notes, and each of the sticky notes have a different color because they mean something different, like the beginning of a process, the end of a process, you know, uh, a transition from a process, or this is an action. So we actually have a document and a link to, you know, you buy it on Amazon. I don't, I'm not a reseller of it, but you know, you buy a box of sticky notes, of certain colors, and then you have these, and then you can actually then line them up and work as a team. As in here. Yeah, there you go, there. You know, each one has each one has a, a different meaning, so everybody's on the same page. You know, um, and that way you can literally stick them up and then make a process that um, people can follow. And you know, because the sticky notes, you can move them around, <laughs> and then you're just writing writing on them or 
you know, then drawing a line says, okay, this steps one, this is second. Uh, so here's what happens is, let me jump in for a sec, Josh. What happens is in manufacturing, when people do this process, where is, it, where is where it originated from? You can see it. It's just such a visual process, right? You can see the steps in manufacturing. It's, it's, it's physical, it's real, and you can tell, and you have to physically move something a lot of times. When you get into the digital world, there's a lot that happens that we forget about that we don't think about, right? We go, oh yeah, just we get some leads. Well, there's actually a lot that goes on in getting some leads, right? Oh, then we follow up with them. Okay, well, manually, do you have to export some data out of one system that you use to capture them and then put them in another to follow up? Is it done all the time? And then when they buy, is there more manual work that has to be done, right? And if that was in a manufacturing, we had to, you know, lead, you had to pick up that person that you just attracted and move them into the next bucket. And, and then, you know, okay, now you're going to sit in front of this other salesperson and they're going to talk to you about this thing, this video, you know, okay, now we're going to put you in front of the product people and they're going to talk to you about a video, right? That would be very real. It would be very visual. But what happens is it's not, it's, it's an email that shows up on your computer, right? It's sent out of a system that's triggered by an automation that was connected to hopefully a form that you didn't have to export and then import into somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And along the way, you hopefully know where these people are coming from, right? So and where the leads are. So that's the idea. Go on with that. I just want to put it in context because, like, why do you do this in this way? Is because you're trying to make a digital thing physical, so you can really get a handle on what's going on. And I'll give you the kind of the follow through. So with Como, we freed up the time to do for her to do more stuff, right? And so a call that we had just a week ago was. Okay, I ramped up my marketing. I'm getting more leads, and I have too many leads to talk to. <laughs> right. I think that's a good problem, right? Yeah, okay. Well, now what? I said, well, tell me about why they're, you know, tell me about them. She says, well, they're not all qualified. I said, okay, so your advertising and marketing and the whole process is driving you. Now, twice as many leads as you had before, which is awesome. But, you know, hey, I spent, the complaint was I spent my whole Saturday following up with people and none of them were qualified. I'm like, okay. And, you know, she was thinking of how we do this and, you know, okay, we won't take as many, we'll have less. I mean, her schedule is full. I said, why don't we, why don't we do this? Why don't we filter out those who are, and do some, do some more qualification than you already do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and sometimes you want to, you know, sometimes you want to tell, ask somebody in this case is, you know, are you a good prospect? <laughs> tell me, ask, ask, ask me these crazy questions. So we designed a set of questions says, you know, what do you feel, you know, one to 10, what do you feel about this, this, and this? And depending on the logic, it's either you get to make an appointment or I appreciate your opportunity, but I don't think we'd be a good match. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, cut down the flow so that you're talking about, talking to the right people. We had this problem happening with another customer who's in a tech business. They were getting 500 leads a week. It was amazing. But they only had three people in the support department. <laughs> Oops, you know, so, and they, and the funny part is they were doing no advertising. This was word of mouth. And just, you know, marketplaces that they were in and people were inquiring. So, you know, the counter was is, 
you know, the people, they couldn't keep up with it. A lot fell through. They were talking to the wrong people. I said, why don't we ask them a few questions before they make an appointment or allow them to make an appointment? Well, the 500, those 500 leads went down to like 300. We, all right. And the 300, we, because we qualified them, some people go right to a demo, you know, here, just go and get yourself a demo. Some people are like, okay, you need to talk to us. <laughs> uh, and some people was like, no, we need to make an appointment to read you know, those larger accounts. So we, we really qualified, but over a period of 90 days, they had more sales than they had ever had in the in, com- compared to the last two years combined. Cause now they were talking to the right people. Cause I said, you know, if you just, if we just layer advertising on top of this, your problem's not going to get better. <laughs> All right. And then, you know, you take it to the next step and says, well, their their support people weren't salespeople. They were good implementation, and somebody who wanted to buy it was good. And uh, so, you know, the missing piece was they didn't have a sales team. They didn't need one. They've been in business ten years and have ten thousand plus customers. <laughs> I haven't had a salesperson this far. Why do I need another one, right? <laughs> so but I said, you know, you need to address the questions that these people have. Well, why don't we do a webinar, an automated webinar? So that way, you know, people can watch, have a sales presentation, answer all the questions and have one on every single different product. They had 44 different products. So, you know, it was, it was complex depending on, they were a connector type thing. So they connected A to B and depending on which was on each side, there was a different methodology, different reasons you'd use it. So we created a webinar which then had you know all the commonly asked questions that were done through there. And then they either got bought the product right away or they if they were qualified, they made an appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, the call was this was uh, January of this year. They doubled what they did in the last 90 days in a month. <laughs> and wound up that they were getting they were getting 40 hours of people a week watching webinars. That's a full-time salesperson. You didn't have to, but you only had to, you know, we had to build it once and it plays many. And guess what? <laughs> you know, it's still running. So now they have, you know, they got smart because instead of having their support team and having more employees and more, you know, there's nothing wrong with having employees, but be human where it counts. Otherwise, automate. In their case, Let, they, let's let's actually bring that up after this story. Yeah, at the end of this, because I want to talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Any more to add on that one? Um, but the idea here is we took the we, we identified the problem using that kaizen and pokeyoke type thing is where's the problem, and then we had to think about how would we go about fixing it. You know, and you know their comment was originally a webinar. Who would go to a webinar? I was like, you don't have a salesperson. <laughs> you know, you try doing a group meeting and you get 50 people sign up and 10 people show up and they were disappointed in that. I said, people are interested now. Let them decide, you know, help them qualify. It takes it off your back. So, you know, that that success caused other problems. <laughs> so, you know, that pipe keeps going. Okay, now we've got too many of these. Now what do we do with them? It also means we had to go back into their processes and get them fixed. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot we did, but 
you know, where, where, you know, we look at how do we generate more revenue? <laughs> you know, how do you get more leads in, more prospects in? And then if you've got that going, and, how, and how do you do it with less human resources to make it happen and, and use technology to handle the busy work of it? Here's a philosophy. The best business model there is is the one that doesn't need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Working on the business. And, well, if you own the business, well, and the other, but well, the other process is if you also own the business, you know, can you take a six week vacation with no phone and not worry about it? You know, if there's automation involved and, and proper processes to follow, it makes it easier. I did it this year. I took a six week yeah. vacation. I disappeared. People ask me if I died. No, <laughs> you know, I went on vacation. I said, I'm not, you know, I'm taking a digital holiday. <laughs> you know? So before going to, into the uh, subject that you wanted, uh, you wanted to dive into yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Uh, I want you to go back a bit into, because I want, yeah. uh, I want people to uh, be able to touch on some actionable bits for their teams or their processes or their businesses. So, uh, f- For, for example, from our discussion so far, uh, we know that one of the places where we can automate more things are in this lead capturing and then following up or filtering or scoring. So things that we discussed until now, and this goes into aligning marketing with sales as well. So it's a very good point. It's, uh, you know, it's somewhere where everybody or almost everybody can do a better job at, uh, you know, filtering this automatically. Now, What are some tools that you found useful apart from diagram? Oh, oh sorry, I have it written down here. So yeah, okay, it was no, you're right. diagram. diagrams.net. Diagrams.net. I tell you what, I we and I we intentionally stay out of talking about tools. We and here's why. And I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script on what you just asked for a reason. People get caught up in their tools and they don't think about their process. Tools are great. The main thing you need to do is figure out what do you need the tool to do? Mm-hmm. Not what tool should you get? Figure out what you need the tool to do and then reach out to whatever the software is that you're using and find out if it does what you need specifically, very mm-hmm. clearly understand the specs that you need that to do to pull off the function of automation. But don't get caught up in the tools because tools are tools. It's like when you... It's like, it's like if I were building a house and we're pretty, pretty adamant about this. And you're like, what tool do you use to build that house? And I'm like, well, I got a toolbox, you know? And, and it's like, I got a bunch of different types of drills and like, they all drill. The main thing is that the battery stays charged long enough and that, that it works to go in. If it accomplishes that function, then I can put the, I can put the screws in the wood and build, start, you know, do that function of building the house. So the thing is, does the drill work? Does the tool that you're getting work? Does it work reliably? Does it have a good support team if it goes wrong? That's how we look at tools. Outside of that, Josh, you can add to it your thoughts, but we're, we're pretty yeah. like very much, it's, it's just tools. People go, what tool, this tool, that tool. And it's like, look, there's a lot of cool tools out there. But if, and the other thing is, People get in, I'm giving you a little bit of monologue on, on my, you know, Go on. this is my tool rant, but <laughs> this is a, people get all caught up in their tools and then they have way too many tools and half the tools they have, have overlap in the other. And now their data is in all these other tools because they're buying tools like it's going out of style. And they're like, I'm trying this, I'm trying that, I'm trying this, I'm trying that. And then before you know it, you've got this mess of tools and you still don't have your process fixed or dialed or automated. 
So, so that's of, my take on it. One of the things that when you start a project, you <laughs> technology on it. What do you got? And here's a good example. One of our clients. This is something said, people can do and they yeah. should do. Everybody should do Write this. down everything that you use. Okay. You know, we make it a, a Google sheet or Excel sheet, whatever you use, piece of paper. We had one client that had 96 different software online tools that they were using to run their business. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And you know I mean, what? That's actually not uncommon. When you actually look at all the tools, not just one core tool, but all the tools you use to run a business. Literally, if you took one away, you, you would lose a function of what you do. So in this case, when we were said and done, there was so much overlap, we were able to eliminate down to 36 tools, okay? And there was one tool, and I use this as an example, they told me, you know, we get, a, we get in this case, there's 500 new leads every month. This is an awesome tool. I was like, really? I want to know about that. You know, somebody else that we work with, it might be a, a good tool. And I said, let's look at that. I'm a curious guy. <laughs> I don't want to generate 500 leads, you know, especially when a lead is worth 1500 bucks a piece. <laughs> you know, uh, to them. I was like, you know, that's cool. Um, we went to the tool and then we looked at the, this month and there was none. We looked back. We looked, we, we went four months back and then there was a 500. And I said, so what happened for the last quarter? He says, I don't know. I said, you paid for a credit card, right? Why don't we check there, see if it's not expired. <laughs> and he looked at it and went, you're right. It's not working, but they didn't tell me or I didn't see the email, you know? I said, let's see, 500 leads, your conversion rate at, it's just $1,000, right? Your conversion rate is 30% of those. So, you know, that's 15,045 grand over the last 90 days you're missing. It's not in your cash register, so to speak. I said, how much is the tool? He says, 100 bucks a month. I said, I need to pay for it annually and make sure it's on your calendar in the future. <laughs> that hundred dollar, that that twelve hundred dollars just cost you forty five thousand because you missed the renewal, or somehow it stopped and nobody called up and said, "Hey, dude, you know, you know, uh, you want to keep this going?" So I I would blame, so to speak, the software per company that's selling it that says they don't have a process that says, "Hey, you know, they lost their customer paying," you know. You know, uh, in that case, but the customer lost a really big benefit. So that's when processes break when you got too many and, or in some cases when you have all these tools, um, I look at it this way. If you want to dig a hole in your backyard, you can use a spoon, a shovel, a backhoe, <laughs> just depends on how big the hole needs to be and how quick you want it done, right? You know, a backhoe, dig that hole in one scoop, done. You know, it might take you two, uh, two days to dig the thing with a shovel, with rocks and everything else. And a spoon, it might take you six months. So it depends on how quick you need to move that hole, how, what's the urgency. Um, when people come to, come to us and say, I have an opportunity and I need something to do this. Yesterday, one of our customers came to us and said, I did a big presentation in front of 5,000 people 
and everybody wanted me to, everybody wanted to buy, was willing to pay for me to put it up there. So that, and I, but I want to put it up there for 30 days and have it disappear. And they can pay access. I can't figure out how to do that. I said, uh, okay, how much is access? Just curious, 185 bucks that, to see this series of videos that are all a cheap presentation. I said, okay, give me 30 minutes. And I said, it's done. <laughs> she said, how much is it gonna cost me? Nothing. You know, she sent me a tip. She sent me, she said, I'm sending you a holiday tip. She sent $500. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, thank you. You know, we'll celebrate, you know, you know, go out to dinner or whatever. We'll have a fun time. But uh, because we knew what needed to be done and I didn't buy any tools. I used the tools we already had and just configured it. But the email that for me was, I tried doing this for a couple of hours. I couldn't figure it out. Can you, can you, can you look at this? And we went, yeah, here it is. Because we knew what to do. And we knew which tools and how to configure them. So knowing what your tools capabilities are, are as equally as important. Rather than going, let me go on the internet. I need another thing. And then you go and say, oh, this solves that problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you've now just added more complexity when it breaks. Doesn't get paid for. Or renews. I mean, if your audience is business owners and you know, marketing people, you know, if somebody leaves or takes a vacation and nobody knows how to fix that tool or, you know, how did that tool work and it stops, then sometimes people don't even know it's stopping. Anyhow, so there are many tools and um, there are tools that we use. Uh, we will be happy to have a list of them at the end or whatever. But I think that the, the biggest challenge that we see when we're working with clients is to take a step back and say, okay, let's look at the process. What needs to actually happen? And what can we, what, where can we remove errors, rework, okay, and speed up the process? And Josh, you have a saying that kind of encapsulates that whole idea where you take the focus away from tools and put it on the, the business. Oh, be human where it counts. Otherwise, well, I'll... there's that one. There's that oh, one. But the, the other one that you've used for, for even longer, you know, that you actually taught me is just like, look, we're business people first, technology people second, in that, in that order versus technology people, then business people. Because if you, if you try and solve, if you try and just find technology to solve business problems, that's different than solving your business problem and then applying the technology to the problem to make it work. No. So, you know, you need to find out, figure out your why before you do your how. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and if you're trying to solve a problem around revenue or something like that, you got to figure out what is it that you have to do or that you want to try and then apply the tool to get to your end point. The tool is just a means to an end. It, it happens that tools are amazing. Now they're incredible. And there's lots of different nuances to talk about. And, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I don't mean to shut that conversation down, but I think for the marketer and the business person and the salesperson and the people who are involved in this kind of automation work, you shouldn't have any, a hard time going on Captera or G3 and looking up tools to solve your problem in that space. What I would say we'd encourage people to do is make sure you don't lose track of your data. Keep your data in one spot and be able to track the effectiveness of what you're doing very, very clearly because the lack of effective tracking 
is an enormous problem in the automation world. Mm-hmm. People say, I made a change. Globally, there's a difference. I don't know what actually caused that. So I don't know what to work on, what to improve. Where is my process? Could it be in, made better, right? I ran a bunch of ads and made more money. I spent money and I made more money than my ads. Well, guess what? We had a gentleman that we worked with, spent a hundred grand a year on advertising, Google oh, yeah. ads, search ads. He came out ahead every year. It was profitable. That's cool, right? We all would like, everybody who runs ads would love to do that. Uh, but, you know, and the dirty secret is that's, that, that like, that's not the case. <laughs> and, and that, uh, and that uh, the deal is that once we actually put tracking in place, in addition to automation for that project, but once we put tracking in place to find out what ads were doing the work, right? Because when we talk about marketing, you got to find out what's doing the work. And when you, when you ask yourself what's doing the work, you, the work is sales, closing new business. So what ad originated the business that actually gave you money, not just leads. Leads are great. Clicks are great. They can make you broke. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be tracking that stuff and know which ones are driving sales. And we found that $20,000 of his 100000 drove all his revenue. As it happens, the 80-20 rule, right? <laughs> yeah. And so this was like a, you know, and, and I'm not kidding about that. That isn't just like a blanket. You know, it wasn't exactly 20, right? It was like 20, whatever was the number. But on average, $20,000 of his revenue. He, he wasn't a very creative advertiser. He just was a consistent advertiser. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and he, he found something that worked and it worked for him. It was an international, uh, or not international, national movie company across the United States. and. Um, so when we found that out, he was able to save $80,000 a year and put that, to, you know, at that point you can do whatever you want with it. The smart person, if they have the systems to scale the business, they say, well, the $20,000 that's actually bringing customers and not just leads, why don't we take that other 80,000 and put, and put it towards that? Boom. Now your business is growing, you're tracking it, you see the effectiveness and you can see if that, as you, as you invest that, you know, if you tap out the market potential or whatever, but the key is know what's happening because very few people, there's some, they're good, but people got, I got the data. And what I ask people is, can you make a decision? Like, can you make an actionable decision to improve your business? Meaning generate more revenue. Or, or get whatever action you want, you know, get more conversions from leads. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, then you're, you don't have good data or you, or your data is not organized in a way that you can use it. Mm-hmm. So the key is that any of these systems you put together for automation, make sure you can look at it and go, what does this mean? And what action do I take with the data? So there's two, there's two, two, we're going all over the place. You can kind of reel back in. Or so adjust, but in, in, that, yeah. in that case, you know, the, the original problem was, you know, do you, I asked was, do you know what makes a sale? So you can, we, 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 and so you can track what, where to spend on. And the answer was, he couldn't tell me. So I said, all right, let's look at the data. The data doesn't lie. So we took 10 years worth of data, right? And stuff that we had some tools. And I said, oh, hey, Stu, did you know, how, what, what could you do with a million dollars? Could you buy a small island off the coast 
for that? He says, yeah. I said, well, over the last 10, 12 years, you've spent a million dollars and you've just kind of thrown it out the window. <laughs> you know, I said, would you like to know how to take that? And, you know, if you knew you could only have to spend 200,000 instead of a million to get the same result, would you be interested? He's <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, what am I dumb? I was like, no, okay, let's look at the numbers. Um, and conversely, we have another scenario where People are advertising, okay, let's, you know, I'll just go down this pipe of technology, right? Multi-channel attribution, okay? Mm -hmm. In other words, you're advertising on Google, you're sending emails, Instagram, Facebook, you know, people are seeing you all over the place. Well, the comment is, how do you know what started the sale and what closed the deal, the whole customer journey? Are you tracking all those pieces? An interesting scenario is one of our customers they spent a couple of thousand dollars six months earlier. And they said, you know what? That campaign sucked. We didn't get much out of it. Literally, it was not even a return, no clicks. And then, you know, we put some tools in and they said, hey, that campaign was interesting. Look at all, there's $200,000 of revenue that came in from that, that came in that had no attribution on it. But we tracked it back to that original campaign. That campaign started out with an ad, then it went to a couple of emails. But I said, you know what? Why don't you try running that again? But the difference is that if you put money in, you know you'll get it out in six months because that's how the process is. Mm-hmm. And we, we saw that what we saw that the seventh email after the retargeting, et cetera, actually closed the deal. But in the tool, it said you made a sale and there was no cost to it. How did that happen? Well, let's look at the customer journey and say, look. You know, you tried something, but there was a delayed reaction. And that, yeah. just proves, that just proves the fact that customers take time to buy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much with you on this one. And it's also something that we discuss with uh, like every, every occasion with, uh, with our clients as well. And uh, everybody has been very positive about, you know, validating this. But indeed, uh, and we can also like, Google Analytics is the simplest way where you can look and see, uh, you know, the multi-channel attribution, see how many sessions average were uh, happening per user. However, there's one little problem. It's good, but it misses one key thing. The recurring sale. Yes, no, I'm talking about- Tracking the attribution back to the recurring sale which if you're a smart business and most businesses can do this, there is an opportunity to create some kind of subscription or recurring sale in your business. And if that sale, you got to obviously know a couple of things. How long do they stick around on average? Once you get it going, mm-hmm. right? What's churn? What's it cost you to get that in the door? And then how long does it take for you to make that, money back and make it profitable relative to the advertising Mm -hmm. right basic stuff hard to track largely you know like we all talk about it like it's just oh everybody knows their CAC and their you know lifetime value and their churn rate they don't is the reality a lot of people don't they're missing that data they have a sense of it roughly anecdotally but they're largely can't point to numbers on a screen and go this is it this is it this is it and being able to track back the re- tie back the recurring revenue to where you can look at a dashboard and go, that ad brought someone in 
four months ago. We've made this much money from that ad spend. Mm -hmm. That's this, a big deal. It is. Uh, this is also, I mean, it's very different from services or B2B to B2C. So I think the platforms are a bit different when you can go to... Unless, unless, I mean, how many services do you know that have retainers? Mm, man, I mean, a yeah. A lot. Yeah. Would that be a recurring sale? Um, depends on how you put it, but if you, if you were to add Here's it, the, well, look, did you have to pay to get that money again through another advertisement or no. a new lead? That's a recurring sale. Uh, yeah. I mean, and depends you can on track how... that back to the original source. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not beating up on you, but I'm saying there's recurring revenue in businesses and people need to know where did that come from? What did I do to get it? Mm -hmm. If you don't know, then you're blind. Basically, so to finish off the idea was for services, you can you can link yeah. back to your CRM and then you can track there the customer lifetime value and you know how long they have been with but you. But do you know exactly which ad that came from? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, well, then we- that's, yeah. Then, yeah, and you help people do that, right? And so do we, yeah. so like, if people don't though in their business, it's not an attack on you, but if people aren't doing that in their business, mm -hmm. they need to talk to you, they need to talk to you know us, or you. they need to go figure it out themselves on the internet, how- they do that because if you don't know exactly what advertisement or content is driving these new sales, mm -hmm. even if it's a combination of them, but there's something that people started on and then there's something that closed the business and there's the in-between. What's the mix? What's the cocktail? The, the, if you the, don't know what did it, then you're blind to where your business comes from. There's, there's one thing. It's that, hard to do. There's one thing that I've seen and I had this happen. We worked with one of our customers. Yeah. That, they did a television ad across multi-markets across the United States. And that ad went into, uh, you know, a, you know, automated uh, phone system that would take your money or send you to a live operator. And they had internet advertising driving leads. They had, uh, advert, you know, they had, uh, what was happening was, is we had people doing Facebook, people doing search, people doing, um, um, TV ads, people doing radio ads. And the interesting thing was uh, we put together some tracks and we talk about technology and what's the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, here are the sales for the week. Every one of the different advertisers claimed that they made the sale. <laughs> I said, how is that possible? Well, because what it is, they all, because there was a touch to every one of those attributions along the way, mm -hmm. it all claimed to have closed the sale. But in some of the type of technology that we use, we can see which one started it, which one followed up with it. And the funny part is, I said, guys, Monday through Wednesday, you know, I could tell you who started the sale, which ad from which source they came in first from. I said, but I can tell you that on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, what closed the deal was the follow-up emails. <laughs> and some of them was the retargeting. I said, so you may have started the interest. You, that's the marketing part. But your, the spend, the, the, the biggest spend was hundreds of thousands of dollars in TV advertising. And they were trying to push, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a week. Yeah, it's good revenue. I said, most of your ads are not close are not closing. <laughs> I said the cheapy Facebook ads and the Instagram ads are doing gangbusters. 
you know, but you know, the, the markets that you're working with, you know, I said, you know, they thought they would, they took an ad out on a, on, on a football channel. And I was like, you spent a lot of money, but we got no sales from that. You know, home shopping network and home, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the home and garden TV, it made more sales than the football show, but it took three weeks for those sales to close. So, you know, but the, if you have data and you know that in the marketing game, if you have data, then you say, this is what happened and you can then repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea here was all those sales, you know, when they ad ran and all that stuff, the automation drove all the things to the systems. No humans needed in most of the case. 20% were had to go to an operator. The other 80% of the sales happened automatically. Went into the sales system, then got sent over. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, we got all these sales. Now, how do we ship them? I said, well, what do you use the shipping system? Let's connect the pipes so that the sale, when it's done, goes in the shipping. And then the next comment I got was, it was obvious. I knew it was coming, and they just weren't interested in listening at front, unfortunately. They said, the accounting person says, how do I extract the data from the sales system and can account for it? I was like, well, why don't we just put it into the accounting system? <laughs> sales, shipping, accounting, so simple. And <clears throat> this was an old line company, been around for 30 years. And, you know, their idea of integration was download, upload, <laughs> download, upload. <laughs> you know, I mean, they had factories, manufacturing product. But technology-wise on the internet, they were, it was basically just an email. You got an order, <laughs> you know, type scenario. Mm-hmm. I think also very important, I mean, uh, important for you guys tuning in, you probably, many of you, I'm sure you do this already. But when you look at, for example, this uh, case study, and some of you I know are running uh, TV ads or radio ads together with online or maybe even magazine ads and stuff like that in print or outdoor. Uh, I think it's going to, I mean, this is the best time where you can look back at your marketing mix and your campaigns and everything that you have planned for the quarter or for the half year and uh, try to map everything again to the customer journey and how or what you want that ad to do. We've, we've just done this with our clients and it was very, very useful so that they can track the right KPIs together with us, together with the agencies that they work with. And then, uh, you know, if you run a TV ad, certainly that's not gonna be converting the same as a remarketing ad on Facebook, but that might trigger a search in Google that you want to be ranking for, whether it's online, like uh, organically through SEO, and then you have to make sure that the keywords that you were on, that you want to rank for, uh, you do. Or if not, then run Google Ads so that you can still be in the first results for that category right. of product or or services. And then you know try to map everything according to the customer journey and see where, like to basically work a process around the lead generation element of marketing. And then, right. uh, as you guys were saying, to to try to automate as much as possible across the board so that you can scale that up when you have the recipe and it's working. So when you take that type of recipe that you're talking about is, you know, let's talk about that. I'll talk about three types of touch points. Yeah. If somebody comes to your website cause you drove an ad, right. Mm-hmm. You can target them with a message to come back. Right. Um, regardless, depending on what source they're, you're targeting on what platform, and then the next thing is they give up their email address and you've got a lead magnet, you know, uh, stop sending them that same retargeting ad, change the message of, you know, come take a taste, take a trial, take a demo. Move them to the next step in the process, right? in the customer mm-hmm. journey. 
Which is something we really talked about, the idea of a customer journey yeah. relative to the rest of it. But anyways, uh, so, so the next part would be is if they have taken that next step and given up their, some information, they've taken an action, right? So now they did a demo, maybe they finished the demo. You're, if you're doing retargeting, so you know how to do cold ads to that same person, you should now be helping them to say, you should be buying, you know, this is a great thing. Um, I know that as an example, I use this as an example. If you buy something from Zendesk, they may have changed their policies from a year ago, but I noticed this. You buy something from Zendesk, all right? And you're gonna get retargeted for you know months to keep buying Zendesk. <laughs> they don't upsell you and say, hey, you should try another service or you should refer somebody. I already bought. Why you? Why do I see your advertisement? You should know that I purchased already. Mm -hmm. that, that's a data integration issue. Like you know, just the way that they manage everything through. Um, by the way, are you guys uh, using any CDP at the moment, or well, helping your clients integrate CDPs? What's uh, do you have any recommendations or thoughts on these for for our listeners? Customer so, data platforms. Um, when you say CDP. I'm, there's a lot of acronyms in this world. What uh, do you yeah, mean yeah. by CDP? Uh, I'm like, not familiar um, with that acronym. Maybe no, I don't live under a rock. I, I, no, no, no. I'm sure you, you know what I mean. Uh, so it's the customer data platforms where we can run omnichannel marketing from. So basically the single, uh, they are very useful in order to get the single customer view and to be able to integrate your multiple data touch points from like from all channels and to basically know which customer went through or saw which types of advertising from you, what was their journey with you, etc. So you can, you know, okay. so, dynamically move them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Go ahead, Josh, feel free. One of, the, one of the tools we use that can attach to any of those front-end systems is a tool called Wicked Reports. Mm -hmm. All right? And Wicked That's Reports a tool worth talking about. Yeah, that that is a multi-channel attribution tool that will yep. allow you to see your customer journey and also see the cost. You know every metric that you want to see along multiple channels, and it can feed it also straight into multiple CRM systems. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now it's integrated. <laughs> now you know, and it's simple. It, I don't want to say it's, it, once you learn how to use it. Green is good, yellow is not so good, and red is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that, that's you know when you set up your dashboard and say okay this is working and you can actually see your ROI and over what time frame and where it's coming from and you know what actually started the deal what closed the deal um, and how they went through the journey so that is one of the tools we're certified partners in that uh, we actually came upon that kind of the backwards fashion and we help people understand their data but the idea is that data comes out of your out of your CRM system for names and, and sales and you know can be connected to e-commerce stores and webinars and everything. So you can track every I can track the fact you mentioned billboards and stuff like that. If you're getting collecting billboards in a code and it's going into a system, we can send that information back to the those reports and say, you know. It started from a billboard, then it wound up on a retargeting ad, and then it wound up from an email, and then it wound up to a sale. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, um, what was the journey? And you and you see these cockamamie journeys that people take to get there. And so the idea is, if it if you can figure out where they start and what actually helps close the deal and what time frame it is, you feel better about oh, that happened. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can integrate all kinds. You can track everything with a script that you put on there. And it's like, boom, it just, you see more information coming into your system. Um, you know what the challenge is? And I think you know that is people not know, need to learn how to drive that dashboard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, what's the data there? So you know, those people who are experienced with it, they go, aha. Those people who have never done it before will go, where do I start? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now going back, uh, like a bit back, but we might have already discussed uh, what Sam wanted to say. Uh, But you, uh, Sam, you said uh, you wanted to say something and then I interrupted you. So uh, you want to this discussion. Uh, I want to go back to what you wanted to say then, because uh, I I think I know what you want to say. (laughs) So So the the thing I want to talk about is the idea of, being human where it counts and otherwise automating. Obviously that's our tagline here at Mo Pocket Office, but that's not why I bring, you know, we have it for a reason. And, and it's the same reason I want to bring it up is because I think one thing, and we talked about this very early on when we were in, in the podcast here was that I think the thing that we learned through the pandemic is that, you know, it's still happening, but that we really learned is that yeah, you can do most of your stuff online, but people are still hungry for human interaction. They want that. They appreciate that. And now people are getting it less and less. And so the idea being that if you can integrate into your automation and design into your automation opportunities to remind you at the right time when to be human or automate it so it feels very human and it it gets literally the same effect, that's a really good thing. And so there's examples of that um, that are really exciting of what you can do, right? Did I already mention the thank you card stuff? Yeah, Yeah, we spoke about it in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So we spoke about that. It's one example. The other example is, you know, if you, it, it it is not free to send a thank you card. That costs money, right? And it's a cost that you have to factor into your, your total uh, cost of acquisition. But one thing that doesn't cost that much money other than just having the a platform to do it on is sending a video, a personal video to people, thanking them, welcoming them, whatever you want to do at different stages of the process. Josh, you probably got it up on your phone there. I do too. We use a particular tool to do it. And again, the tool is not important. Important the tool is called Bonjour. There happen to be cool people. We like them. But uh we can give you that link for people, but yeah, definitely show people how it works, Josh, real quick. Cause I think this is cool. This is human. And not only is it cool and human, it's helped people generate a heck of a lot more revenue. Okay. And I'll give you, I'll give you some numbers while Josh is showing you how to do that. Like it's incredible. So, um, it's, a, it's an app. Every time a certain type of lead comes in or a certain type of thing comes into our systems, it creates record for us says, hey, you have a new lead. And I know on this where they came from, why they came from, all the data that's collected is put in here. So I think and push that person's name. It says record now. I can say, hey, Sam, I'm so glad you uh, replied to our uh, website information about doing automation and specifically X, Y, and Z. I look forward to talking to you and I know you made an appointment and then we're going to talk on Monday. See you then. Um, 
Actually, I didn't record it. I, I had to little, hit the little record button. Hey, Sam, glad you made an appointment with me. I'll see you on Tuesday. Look forward to helping you with the automation. Boom. I hit stop. Um, actually, I didn't record it. I, I had to hit the little, little record button. Hey, Sam, glad you made an appointment with me. I'll see you on Tuesday. Look forward to helping you with the automation. Boom. I hit stop. Okay. So let me give you an example of the I'm numbers send, people are I'm seeing. I'm going to send that. And now Sam's going to get an alert on his phone that he's got a message. Yeah. And he can reply to me too. <laughs> so let me, let me give you an example, right? Let's say you have a, a product that's a consumable like coffee, right? Mm -hmm. You have an e-commerce store. Not a crazy idea, right? I think people can relate to that. There is a company out there called Ojo Coffee. They used Bonjoro. 14 weeks, they went from $35,000 a month in revenue from subscriptions to 75000 a month in revenue from subscriptions. And they found that in their case, their subscription customers averaged 20% more revenue than non-subscription customers. So they had a strong incentive to you know, improve the number of subscriptions. Not to mention that it helps stabilize you know, what you can expect each month in their case for the business. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the business took people into where they were roasting coffee. He was already there. And he just recorded a video of them doing it, saying, thank you. You know, wanted to show you around and thank you for your business. And it was literally that simple in addition to educating them that they could actually do a subscription, that that was an option. People didn't know. It. He just explained, hey, if you want to do a subscription, that's an option. So that help people move from non-subscription customers to subscription customers. And those numbers are again, $35,000 a month to $75,000 a month in subscription customers. I mean, if that doesn't sell a tool like this and the little bit of time it takes to be human and investing in this, I give up on you, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you know <it> was, <laughs> and, and, and another tool that we're experimenting with. But here's, here's a, what, let me just add one more thing in there, Josh. Like the key piece is that, well, how do you know, right? How, you've got to send that at the right time. Somebody purchases, they didn't get a subscription. You want to convert them to a subscription. As soon as they make that purchase, you want to thank them and educate them on the subscription and make sure that it's easy for them to take that action. So you need automation to tell you when to do that. And that's the, that's the key. Then you are human. It sends, it's automated. They get it. And they can go take care of setting up a subscription. So that's what we talk about when we say be human where it counts, otherwise automate things like that. Mm -hmm. Cause they not just for fun, but because they grow your revenue and they make for better customers. You know, that's the front end of the sale. Yeah. Back end is, uh, you know, I don't know. Anybody doesn't love testimonials, right? Oh, this by, is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. By, uh, you know, written audio or video. Right. And most people forget to ask. So we have a little system that we're testing out right now um, that during our process, when a purchase happens, all right, it says, Hey, we record a video and said, Hey, I just, I did it the other day. And Hey, I wanted to tell you, uh, I wanted to say, what was your experience like? Would you do it again with us? They get the alert. And they can record audio, video, or write a text, you know, text thing back and say, here's my experience. And that happens every time we make a sale. <laughs> and so we have collected hundreds of, you know, I was on the phone yesterday 
when somebody asked for references. I sent them 14 videos <laughs> on the page of people who, you know, I didn't prompt them. They're not on a call. And they're like, her only response was, wow, that's impressive. And then we had a call. And it, it wasn't that, you know, closing the deal was like, when can we start? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, so the comment would be is, there are people who do business with you, you know, and they like what they, you did for them. And they're more than happy to tell, rant, give you a rant of how, well, of how excited they were and what you did for them. But you got to give them an opportunity and you got to do it every time because they won't do it every time. But the answer is if you ask, you know, it, it's just using tools. So the answer is you can hear me say, you know, hey, Andre, thanks for doing business with us. Appreciate it. Tell me if you would do business with us again. Just hit the record button. Send me a note. <laughs> you know? You know? Next thing you know is like, thanks. <laughs> you know? So Yeah, but this is this is a good point. And actually, I think uh, video testimonials are so underused at the moment as well. Yeah. Um, so, and they're so, powerful. You know, we all want to know, is this person someone that I want to do business with, do other people trust them? Right. And if you have videos that other people recorded about you and they're, they're like, they're heartfelt and real and talk about what struggle they solved. I mean, that goes such a long way. So if you can, if you can put in your process, making sure that you're asking for those and you get more of them that in your marketing and sales process, you know, everybody knows that salespeople just want to sell you something. Mm-hmm. Right. What they don't know, if they don't have a way to find out, is once it's sold, is what the expectations are, that are set actually met? Do you deliver? So the idea here when we talk about automation is make sure automation, make sure it gets done, all right, on a consistent basis all the time. And, you know, regarding what you said, Sam, is – I remember the yeah. story. Uh, my wife is corporate HR. They made a huge investment many years ago with another company she worked with in an HR system. And she really loved, I mean, they worked with, you know, they interviewed different salespeople and products and all that stuff and they made a decision. And she really loved the person she bought the services from. And then she never heard from them. She would have given them referrals out the kazoo. She was a happy customer. <laughs> But, you know, she'd call and say, hey, I never heard from you. You know, you, you, did you just, you know, sell me and leave? So, you know, they developed a relationship over almost three months. And then it was like, they just talked to implementation and customer support. So I look at it this way is that salesperson, you know, they spent a million dollars on the system. You know, I don't think that you sell million dollar systems every single day, you know, you know, or, you know, you know, just kind of like that, you know, you have somebody who would love to tell you, Hey, look, I talked to my friend who's also an HR person and they're looking for a system. And I tell them about you and she would get no feedback from them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did you hear from the salesperson? No. Oh, okay. No follow up either. So that's more common than not. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where we're using automation kind of as a, pseudo, a, a superstructure for automation uh, as on a human. It lets you it lets you leverage your time more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, 
So then if we were to, uh, because this is something that we try to do all the time on, on our episodes, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we as we get to sort of the end of the show or of the episode, let's try to make some actionable bullets or some like a priority list for people because we discussed a lot of interesting things and this is not going to be uh, possible to be done overnight. So um we let's try to prioritize and see where people should start and then how they can plan their actions maybe with over a week or so so that they can uh, after that week or after those 10 days they yeah. get to uh, to a better place okay well let's you... go back to the beginning yeah. where we started which was the very first thing you want to do is have everybody write down what they do for a few days that's your very first starting point in addition to that write down all the tools that you use to accomplish it With those two things, you know what it takes, functional, where you have to move data around, and all the tasks involved in doing it. And now you have an idea of your process, and you have an opportunity to see what you can automate to save yourself time. And then from there, it's looking for the opportunities to improve the process. Where do you want to add to that? Yeah, there's another tool that I use a lot of times when we could actually do on-site. It was a manila folder. It was a team, yeah, yeah, yeah. team exercise. Actually, you can do it today. It's called, where does it go? So I would take, I did this with a medical firm is where I developed it. I had a team of people and they were, you know, they had a whole bunch of folder, customer folders and the person who was the uh, sales administrator, it looked like a fortress of folders on their desk. So I said, okay, let's take a folder and you're the salesperson, okay, you get the lead, pass it to the person who now you give it to. And we pass this folder around so that everybody knew what the process was. You know, their process was, who's got the red folder? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that's 20 people. So I said, well, let's pass the folder around. And then the interesting thing happened was kind of funny. One of the persons said, oh, I need another folder because I give this one, I give this person something to do and then that person something to do. So now it branched. So now we had to figure out, okay, here's the process. So at the end of the day, I had a process inside of a folder of who did what, then who what they give it to, what they do to it, where did it go? Um, so there's a couple of tools that we can, we'll give you links on a, on a page. Mm-hmm. First is called the personal activity log. What are you doing all day long? You know, what are you, messing with and what could actually be eliminated if you think about it, take it up a few levels. And then um, there's doing a workflow and we'll, I actually have a document that shows that whole mapping process we talked about, how you can use that and use it. You can use it online with a diagrams on that, or you can spend 20 bucks and get yourself a big piece of roll of paper and, 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 and diamond, you know, the, the, the sticky notes mm-hmm. and be able to do this visually. Cause some people are not good with, tool sometimes it's you gotta learn a tool everybody knows how to use a sticky note and a pen right and then do it as a team effort so okay what do you do what do you do what happens when and everybody knows where oh well we do this this way but in these exceptions we do it that way and find where things can be where break there's one other thing that we have a tool okay and this is where um you try you explain to a newest person or the newest person taking the job, um, exactly what the job is. Oh, this is great. <laughs> okay, so it's it's a piece of paper, right? But the idea is 
you're trying to teach the new person how to do this job so that you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> okay, training, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's the process documenter. So here's the process document, but the, the process document is done by the person who does it today. Mm-hmm. How do I do this process so that I know, A, if I leave or I'm leaving, I got to tell somebody else how to do it. Or if I, you know, I'm a manager and I no longer want to do this and I want to hire somebody or assign yeah. it to somebody, Here's the process. So now you're starting process documentation. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ray Kroc, McDonald's, standardized operations manuals. And this goes back years ago, but every store has a process, everything has a process, and they sit you down with a manual and say, okay, here's how it works. And that way, the person who's doing it knows how it's supposed to work or not work. And by doing that, these days, you can say, what could be automated, right? Yeah. So, you know, you got to say, what can we eliminate? Um, so to put that in real terms, I had an assistant for 20 years that worked for me. And 10 years ago, she retired. And I went, hmm. What That's is a she great really, example. What did she really do that was important? She had one function that she did that was really important. I replaced her $90,000 a year salary with a $3,000 a year piece of software. And what was that <laughs> important piece? Well, well we had a, subscri- a SaaS offering mm-hmm. and you had to take money. You know, we dealt with corporations. So if she was... Yeah, sorry, custom enterprise SaaS. She would sell it. Yeah, it was an online monthly subscription. And she was in charge of making sure that we build them, they paid, et cetera. When she left, I didn't have anybody else that would do it. My technical team says, oh, we'll build some software. They said, no, you won't. <laughs> that means we're gonna have to maintain it. Custom software's got programmers behind it. So let me see if there's some tools out there. And I found a tool that we used that did this. It collected, you know, collected the money, sent a signal, a webhook over to my system and said, turn them on. And then if they didn't pay, it sent a signal back to my, the, the, this thing and said, Pause. credit card expired. You know, send them a note. says, please update your credit card. Mm-hmm. If they didn't update their credit card and send them a series of emails over 10 days, countdown, we're going to turn you off. And they didn't pay or didn't renew and turn the system off. At that point, my phone rings says, hey, I don't turn it back on. I need this. I say, it's no longer my responsibility. Um, it's all automated. All you need to do is click the link, update your card, and in 30 seconds, the system's back on. So, you know, it's been 10 years since I've actually had to do billing and collection <laughs> and turning people on and off in a SaaS offering. That's pretty cool. But I replaced a human, right? Now, if somebody ultimately got turned off and I didn't hear from them, it sends me an email that says, call these people. They're a valuable customer. And it usually meant that somebody left the position, no longer works there, or you know, they passed away, they, took, they moved to a different department. I just had to find the person who's now responsible for you know, using the service because that person left. So I was like, oh yeah, we need that, great. Well, we need you to put your corporate credit card in here and get it turned back on so you can use it. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So be human where it counts, right? Otherwise, you know, I saved a million dollars over 10 years <laughs> of an employee. Now, there were other services. I had replaced things with you know, other people doing stuff. 
Um, but the idea here is you can use tool, you figure out where, you know, I want to be, uh, I want to be the laziest man in the world. <laughs> okay. How can I automate almost everything that is on and off yes or no, you know, type stuff or follow up so that I can work with the customers who actually need to solve a problem because it's unique. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have a unique process. Some of them are not that unique. They just don't have any automation at all, or they have things that are not connected. So you asked about the, the, the personal activity log using either the diagrams, not dot net or a sticky notes to actually document and work as a team. Mm -hmm. um, I have some recordings that we'll put out there for you for, you know, thinking about automation framework mm -hmm. and kind of work through that Kaizen of what you should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, the process automation documents. So if you're having to delegate something to somebody and then the, the last piece is, um, looking at your systems. Um, and I remember, uh, the early days of Amazon where they took an order on one computer and they literally turned around and inputted it into the shipping department. That was like early, early, early days, right? The automation was a swivel chair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, now the that automation increases over time, the level of what can be automated. Like, you know, this is, this is one level for those, you know, where you, you got to turn the chair. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of manual work. And then you got to input it, you know, but then you, then you get to the level where you, where, you, where it swivels and I'm just, that's a whole new ballgame. Well, here's the key, all right? And I think any one of your listeners out there, if you've got something you do now and then, automation doesn't, it may not be important, okay? Yeah. But the more frequent that you have to do it and the more important it becomes or the more volume that you get, and I remember an old commercial, it dates me, from IBM, and it showed a picture of a startup and they had a, like an odometer, you know, Ooh, we made a sale. They're all sitting around. We made a sale. Ooh, we made 10 sales. We made 15 sales. They're all getting excited. And it clicked up to 500, a thousand, I mean, 15,000. And they went, Oh my goodness, how are we going to get that done? So if you're scaling and you don't have systems, it's just a lot of human wasted time. To do that, how do you get it all out the door? So now you may have one from happy customers to, oh my goodness, we're overwhelmed. And just as fast as you were successful, it, it, you know, you get bad reviews. Now, now it takes a few seconds, like, oh, that was a terrible experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the idea here is, is look at your processes, find out what can be eliminated. And in some cases, Maybe somebody won't, you know, I've been told that, oh, I'm here. I'm going to lose my job because you're going to eliminate me. I said, no, if you're going to, if you have valuable experience, redeploy that person to do something yeah. with somebody else with, with people. Um, so that, you know, the repetitive nature of the job is taken care of by a computer. So there you go. A few quick tips in 20 minutes. 
Super cool. So Sam, if you can please send me send me on LinkedIn the link to the video uh, testimonial thingy, so I can add it um, in the description of the episode as well. I also yeah. took some notes of, from our discussion, and uh, guys, um, will I mean you'll find this uh, in the description, or depending on where you where you view or listen to this, uh, there there will be on YouTube as well, um, and. Um, Now, Sam, uh, Josh, what are you guys planning for the year? Uh, any big announcements you want to make or, you know, interesting stuff that you, you feel you can share? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, sure. Absolutely. We always got, you know, we're just working on something over here. Josh, go ahead. Like, you're so here's to here's what we're, an idea that we're promoting for 2021. Stop asking how do I do something and ask instead, who can I get to do it for me? So find your who's and not waste time with your how's. And remember your who's can be pieces of technology. That's right. So they don't have to just be humans. And if you don't know how to use technology, don't learn it. Just find somebody else to do it for you because it'll go faster. Yeah, definitely faster. <laughs> cool. So where, where can people uh, connect with you? Where, I mean, maybe there's already a couple of people that might want to look together with you at the processes that they have for their businesses or, you know, discuss uh, things, ask questions. Uh, is LinkedIn the best place or uh, whether for your website? Oh. You know what? The best place is, I mean, people can find us on LinkedIn if you want to put our profiles in there. By all means, we'll, we'll respond to that kind of thing. But mobilepocketoffice.com, people can just go to the website. We've we've done a good job of making it easy to book a call with us to find out if there's a fit for the project. And the reality is we, you know, we're, we're having some fun here, but we're not here to judge people in the way they do business. Look, if you've been successful in business, that's huge. And if you want to streamline what you're trying to do and you want to have a conversation and see if we're the team that may be able to help you make those next steps, you know, we're, we're going to have that conversation totally judgment free and just have a discussion and find out if it makes sense. And then from there, We do a blueprint session and then you come out with what you what you would actually do with us. So there's that aspect of it. Mobile pocket office, mobilepocketoffice.com. Um and uh, you know, Sam, I think what we'll do is we'll also put up yep. a uh, a link, um mobilepocketoffice.com forward slash market IU. And that way all the things that we talked about on the podcast that we mentioned that are available, we'll put links to it and downloads to it. Stuff yeah. will happen on your site uh, as part of the show, but we'll put them there. So it's all consolidated uh, and get that up uh, so that people download them and, or look at them or listen to them. Yeah. Super. Appreciate so that's it. It. We're easy to get in touch with, you know, we have automation. So if you want to jump on our schedule, you can just find a time. It's we've tried to make it very easy. You don't have to go back and forth with us by email. And you can you can just book something on our calendar and we can jump on a call and see if there's something we can help you with. We don't, we, we're not a fit for everybody. <laughs> and if you're not really, you don't really like to have fun while you're working? Definitely not a fit. <laughs> cool, guys. Thanks so much for all the time and for the input. Uh, Josh, thank you for joining us here. It was really, hey, no really problem. And yeah, have an amazing year. Looking forward to staying in touch. And uh, for you guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Any questions, as always, uh, ping uh, us at MarketU, ping Josh and Sam, if you feel uh, there might be room for a partnership there, uh, or if you feel you could be working together. And until next time, everybody have an amazing year. Make it one to count. And uh, 
you know, just uh, live your best life. <laughs> Speak soon. Thanks, Cheers. Guys.